Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Triangulation is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Triangulation with Tom Merritt and Leo Laporte. Episode 8, recorded March 23rd, 2011. Bob Heil. Welcome to Triangulation, the show where we interview the most interesting people in the world. Leo Laporte here with Tom Merritt. And uh, our guest today, Bob Heil of Heil Sound. Bob, it's so great to see you. It is so great to be here, Sarah, and I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I've known you for five years, but I've only just met you. That's right. Yesterday was the first time we ever had met. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great? I've had some of the best conversations in my life with Bob, and I was really excited to get him <laughs> on the show. And then I forgot that Mr. Merritt here is a is a St. Louisan. What do you, how do you say that? St. Louisan? Yeah, Southern Illinoisan, Southern actually. Illinois. Southern yeah. Illinois. We're not in St. Louis. We're across We're on the, the other side of the oh, river. Oh, pardon me. See, yeah. already I'm <laughs> already getting up. schooled. But you're both from the same side. Well, it's funny. I, I knew, I had read that he uh, grew up in Marissa, Illinois. So I said, well, you're, you're from Marissa. And he's like, well, I don't live there anymore. I live, I'm up in Belleville now. And I was like, oh, well, I'm from Greenville. He's like, oh, do you know John King? I'm like, John King was a radio engineer at WG. <laughs> oh. oh, he's retiring. Chief of police tonight. Oh. Was, uh, we were off and running from there. Well, so here's a story. Uh, well, first of all, Bob's best known as an organist. <laughs> is, is that true? I don't know if you're best known. Been doing it longer than anything over the years. Everybody. Yeah, cool. Group skate. <laughs> well, this, and you're, you're, I is, didn't realize you're still doing it. You haven't. Yeah, stopped. this is the Lincoln Theater in Belleville. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this is a this is a, so when we say organist, it's a special kind of organist. Oh, wait a minute, you, yeah. This is a movie theater, theater organ. Yep. Yeah. No, that I'm switching. That's in our home. That's that, your house. Yeah. That's your house organ. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. his house organ. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lynn Larson. Uh, wow. Allen. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Yeah. So how did you start playing the movie theater organs? Well, I started playing Hammond organ when I was twelve. My mm-hmm. I had these lovely parents that think about that in 1952 invested in what was a B three. It was a C. It was a B three. Basically, yeah. do you have yeah. Leslies and everything? Yeah. The yeah. spinning horns that go. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don Leslie became a really, we became good friends, but. Uh, two years later, I started playing in a restaurant. I'd ride there on a the bus at night and play at Mary Valentine's. And a guy came in one night and says, you need to call this guy and maybe he could give you some lessons. And it was Stan Can's phone number. Stan Can, who I remember. In fact, we were talking about him when the, the Daily Giz was. Yeah. He was the guy who was on Carson, you said, 77 times. 77 times. times. Oh. And he would, he was originally he was vacuum cleaners, but he would demonstrate gadgets and he was fumble fingered. <laughs> And it was hysterical because the gadgets would fall apart, and it, and it be just it was the greatest bit ever. Yeah, yeah. But he, but I didn't know this. He's best known as a, or at least among organists, as, exactly. a, as a great theater organist. Yeah, and he, I was just telling, uh, the, the situation is when you play some of these theater organs, there's a one to two second delay from when you hit a key to when you hear it. What? How do you do that? Well, that is why Stan got this young kid, me, and taught me how to play like that. You don't listen to yourself. You have to play it oh, that's and really hope it was right. Yeah. And you'll <laughs> find out two seconds you'll later. Yeah. Two seconds later. Well, yeah. that must be very challenging. Well, because so, it takes that long for the air to, to no, push back? It, no, it was the fact that you're so far away. Oh, okay. 1,120 feet per second is sound travels, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And some of these things get crazy because of all the reflections in these big cavernous mm-hmm. theaters. Yeah. But I loved it. I still play. I just did a Sacramento, a concert in Sacramento. We have a great, uh, there's two great theaters in Sanford in the Bay Area that yeah. have organs. There's the Paramount in Oakland where they've restored it. But then the Castro Theater. Well, no, it's the Grand Lake. Actually, Grand Lake, not in, Paramount. In, Grand in Lake. Oakland. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the Castro Theater where you come out, they come out of the floor. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And well, when they, the, the Grand Lake one does too. Do they do yeah, that too? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So the movie's about to begin and the organist oh, goes yeah. down yeah. and disappears because, of course, you can't have an organ in front right. of the screen. But I, and then what happened is I learned so much about pipe organs and, and sound and listening. And along with all of that, Leo, I became a ham radio operator at the same time. How old were you when you got your 15. license? Oh, that's so cool. And so being able to put the sound and all of the voicing and tuning, it's an art. And Stanley taught me how to do that. He and Martin Wick of the Wick Pipe Organ Plant. Yeah. And being able to voice a pipe organ is really quite, 
quite precious. And, and that's how I learned to listen. So designing microphones and speakers and all that that came down the road later relied upon that early part of putting ham radio and the pipe organ together. Yeah. And when I first met up with Jerry Garcia and some of those guys, that was a great story, by the way. I had, I got, I quit playing. I played six nights a week, 12 years, 13 years, so on. And I opened this little music store because I knew so much about B3s. And I started renting B3s to the groups because the Steinway dealer, they weren't going to rent them to these guys. And so I started renting B3s and Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, all these guys had come into St. Louis and I'm renting them gear. Because nobody else trusted them? Well, they didn't know. Well, no, they wouldn't. If you went to a Steinway dealer, yeah. you went in there with hair down to here and you hadn't taken a bath for two days, perhaps, because we'd been on the road. Are you going to rent that guy? They won't even let him in the store. Well, hey, they'd come to me 50 miles away and in Marissa, and we got into it like that. But I'm starting. Was the B3 originally? There's, there's, a, there's a B3, a classic B3. And yeah. that unit on the right, that's the Leslie, that's the right? Leslie speaker. It's a Doppler system. You know, when a train goes past you mm. and the pitch of the of the horn goes up and down. The horn doesn't change. It's the Doppler effect that's happening with the air pressure in your ears as it gets closer and it goes away. So Don Leslie, right after the war, started building a speaker that went away and comes back mm-hmm. with a motor. And that's for the Leslie speaker. And what would the B, what would the Hammond be without a Leslie? But I started building all these things, and then I'm starting to notice with all these great artists, the sound was terrible. They're using... <laughs> Well, they were using little column speakers. Right. This is 1966. To fill a theater. Yeah, 1967. You got 20,000 kids in, uh, in Keele Auditorium with a pair of speakers. Just, oh, come on. And at the Fox, I had visited the Fox, stopped by there one day, and they're throwing out their big A4s. And I'm going, all right, can I have them? And well, the said, A4 is a organ? This is a speaker it's about a speaker. as big as the back wall that we see here. <laughs> An A4. This thing is this? Yeah. Now, why were they tossing them? They were putting new ones in. And they figured nobody's going to buy these. No, there's they had nobody, them who else the, would use them? Yeah. Huh. And so they gave them to me, and I put that system Because <laughs> you had a truck, you could move them. How'd well, you haul them away? Yeah. Well, I had to borrow REO Speedwagon. They weren't known by then. REO Speedwagon. Uh-huh. Did they have a wagon? They had a truck, a 20-foot <laughs> big truck, because they used to come to my store to buy stuff. Okay. Well, this is when they were still up in Champaign? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And huh. so I went, got the speakers, and I put this thing together with Macintosh amps and a Longevin console and and... Here comes, and by the way, Tom Holman, who was, who in 1982 invented THX, Tom Lynch and Holman Experiment. Uh, One of his high school buddies was working for me as a roadie, and we hired him to rewire this Longevin console. And I get this call from the Fox Theater, and it's the stagehand. He says, hey, you still got those big speakers? And I said, yeah. He says, well, talk to this guy. They don't have any PA. He handed the phone to Jerry Garcia. <laughs> and I, he said, what you got, man? And I told him, he said, what? Is it all work? I said, yeah, yeah. He says, get it up here. And so we did because that Did you was, use Ario Speedwagon's truck again? No, or no, you no, had no, something I else? Had else <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. bought my own truck by then. <laughs> but see, that was the wonderful story, piece of rock and roll history, that the night before they had played in New Orleans, they were going to be on a short little tour, and their sound man... The bear, Owsley, who Owsley. just died last week, yeah. he was on probation yeah. from the state of California. He liked to make acid. Yes. Mm. And, and so, not the kind that eats through things no. either. Yeah. So well, except your brain. The feds had taken him out of, the, out of that concert hall that night, but we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have hardly any good communication. So he goes back with the gear, because it was his, to California that night. The band comes on to St. Louis without gear. That's uh, and then they took me right out of the theater that night because you're going with us. Yeah, and I said I don't want to go. You're coming with us. And they kept opening up boxes of money, and I'm going really. And and one of my roadies, Tom's friend, he said, "You you want to do this?" I said, "No, I'm not going on the road." He said, "Boy, we will." I said, "Okay, go." So we that's how him. That's how that started Heil Sound that night. No, actually, it was Ye Old Music Shop. Oh yeah. About a week later, I get this phone call. S H O P P E. No, just shop. Okay. I get, this, I get this phone call from Garcia. He said, "Hey, hey, man, 
we have trouble pronouncing all this ye old stuff. He said, we're just going to call you Heil Sound. Is that okay? And I said, it's great. So it was Jerry Garcia that named Heil Sound. No kidding. That's so fantastic. And of course, they're, they were famous. They could pronounce Terrapin Station, but not ye <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> they were famous for the quality of their stage sound. Well, I mean, that kind of started it all. That, did, and, and I yeah. think they were famous for their big A4s, as a matter of fact, oh, that, weren't they? Yeah. After then, they really got into building They had the wall. wall. All of that yeah because i had i had talked to them about that during that time garcia would come to the store in marissa and we talked about it and i wasn't with them then because then i had gotten with the who <laughs> oh geez we were, we're with, gonna get to that in a second yeah, so <laughs> I, but I, I gotta ask you a little couple more grateful dead yeah. things phil lesh was playing the bass right mm-hmm. he i they had such an amazing bass sound oh they did huge those must have been Five foot speakers mm-hmm. or something. I mean, the sound mm-hmm. of the bass. Folded horns with Macintosh amps. Okay. While everybody Tube else, amps. yeah, everybody else is using like little Fenders right. or Ampeg or whatever. Uh, uh-uh, uh, not the dead man. All their amps, Owsley had built it for him with with Macintosh. So he knew what he was doing. Oh yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. He was very talented, very yeah. very schooled. Did you ever tour with the dead, or was that always your guys? Well, yeah, we did a, about two months with them there that must in have the been beginning. Interesting. But were you along all that whole time? or I did a couple of the jobs. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay. Know, but I was back building stuff because uh-huh. we had gotten a call from the Who and everybody else because we hit the front page of Billboard that this little store in Marissa got the Grateful Dead tour. And, oh, my. The, the phone started this, ringing, huh? Yeah, it was crazy. And because nobody had been doing sound like this no, up to now. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that, Leo. Yeah. I, I'm a ham. I'm just having fun with all this big stuff. And it was just the beginning of big sound. Claire well, Brothers in in Pennsylvania and myself, we were really the two biggies that started. It's also because rock and roll started taking off. Mm-hmm. Instead of playing clubs, now started, they were playing stadiums. Yeah. They need more sound than anybody's really ever done before, right? You can't use a stadium PA system no. for and, rock and roll. Then we were very blessed to get with the Who. That was really cool. Now, so they read about you in Billboard. Is that how they found out? Well, yeah, they knew about the system, and it it started going through the industry like crazy. And um, I was out with Chaka Khan because they they Chaka were doing the, with this uh, Rufus <laughs> Rufus with the talk box. Chaka Khan. Right? Mm-hmm. That's right. They used. They were yeah. Exactly. Tell me that you want me. Mm-hmm. And we wow. built this other monster PA, <clears throat> and they. We were on tour in Chicago with him, and we got a call from the Who said, you got to be in Boston tomorrow night. So we did. And that was that was a run of about six or seven years of everything. We did every show they did. And uh, Was it Pete? Who called you? Who? Who? No, one of their management. Of management. But the and what was the what was the need? Why didn't they? What happened to whoever uh, they was came, doing it? Before, well, they or? came over here with new music. Uh-huh. Who's next? Okay, totally new music, and they had six little Wem Watkins electric music, it's little columns. I'm not exaggerating. They weren't more than four foot high. Six of them to fill a fifteen thousand seat arena that was going. Yeah. You know, now the Who at that time were famous for destroying their gear. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> How did that make you feel? <laughs> well, I fixed that one. Maybe I shouldn't tell the secret, but I guess I can't. Oh, come on. Because they don't do it anymore. I after uh, they, he would. I remember Pete would jam his guitar into the amp and go, yeah. and then beat on the guitar, break it, stomp on it. I would build 24 guitars for each of their tours. Uh, he wanted SGs, and he wanted Les Paul Tails, take off the whammy bar, and he wanted tuners that were not the cheap Kleistrons. He wanted really good stuff. So I would build these up for him in my store in Marissa, and I knew they were going to get ripped up, amazing. beat up, and tore up, and this they did. This stuff is coming out of Marissa, Illinois. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go Meteors. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. And so what happened was we, we'd get on, on a few jobs, and he'd tear up all these amps, and so I'd suggested that hey why don't we build you this dummy uh-huh. set I and figured. you just tear it up every night and i put his amps over in a rack <laughs> that he didn't touch all right uh-huh and so, i thought as much but he broke the guitars just every night and yeah. by the end of the tour they were gone and they weren't dummy guitars no, no. wow that's sad no. actually yeah. does that break your heart to nice see that? guitars yeah. they were sgs and i finally got him to using les paul's Oh, yeah, these Gibbs, were the Gibbs real deal. Those are great. But what did they care? You know, 
when you were building them, did it break your heart? You're like, you're just, you're going to your doom, no, buddy. But that's okay. And then Moon, who I, I, he was just one of the best drummers ever. And uh, Moon would rip up his drums. I, wasn't I remember that. Do they tear them up. Yeah. 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 We'd have to put new heads on them. This is not the who's next. This is, this no, is not this who's is next. not who's next. I thought I thought I'd play a little organ music, but I'll oh. stop. I'll stop that right now. <laughs> this is Bob Heil at home, actually. Yeah. And then this is uh, this is a uh, Chaka Khan. Actually, tell yeah. me something good. That's the sound. Uh, is this, that's a wah pedal there. Oh, that's a wah wah. Okay. Yeah, but as they get into it, they do the talkbacks. They do that down or something. There's both of them put together. So you toured with you were touring with them, and you built. That, did they say to you, "I want a new sound"? Or did they say what that sound? No, was I be? did brought it along, and of course they went freako. Everybody did because they hadn't played or anything like that. Townsend always put it kind of cool. He says, "It's the first PA I can't outplay." <laughs> <laughs> he can't blow it up. Yeah. yeah, he can destroy it with his guitar, yeah. but he can't blow it up. But he can't, you know, he can't play over it because it got pretty loud. Yeah, but. Now, the, now, they also uh, asked you to do something pretty unusual for them. In 1973, I got this phone call from Pete Townsend. Hey, come over here, mate. I want to talk to you. Okay, Marissa, Illinois, to London. So I go there. <laughs> Just come on over. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we'd been there a couple of times on tour with him. But I go to this wonderful little house on the Thames that he lived in. And on the second story was his studio. I didn't take many pictures then. I wished I would have, but that's okay. I wasn't a groupie. I went there for business. Right. And here's all these gorgeous guitars and everything and a drum kit, a beautiful nine-foot Borsendorf for a German piano. And I go, by the way, I said, hey, Pete, um, how did you get that piano up here? <laughs> and he looked at me like I should know. He said, oh, that was easy, mate. We just cut the whole wall out got a crane and brought it in and built the wall back. Easy enough. Oh, okay, how stupid was I? <laughs> Little kid from Marissa. But anyway, he said, quad sound right now is big. It's 1970. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could build a sound system that we could move Roger's voice around the hall? Oh. And I said, yeah, we can do that. No's not in my vocabulary. Yeah. So, we did. Oh. I, of all the things people ask me, all the things I've done, what is the your favorite song piece? This is it. It really is a great and song. And that's Pete playing the piano yeah. in his studio. It's really great. Love Rain Over Me. One of the great For songs. For anybody watching and listening, if you haven't heard this, you go get it, turn off everything you got, put your headphones on, you take a listen to this. It's really great. To so me, they had the album Quadrophenia already? No. He said, great. You go build it, and I'll go finish writing it. And hadn't and, named it yet, but uh, well, he knew what he was knew he wanted quad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, quadraphonic sound had already oh yeah come out yeah at but, that point. But he was it really to... was a thing about four guys, if you know the story, and and which is the band. Which it, it's yeah. he's a storyteller. Yeah, he does great things and still does. Brilliant genius. We heard him on the radio yesterday. Sarah and I driving was one of his solo. I love his solos. Yeah. He's doing everything. Truly a genius. Doing all the mixing and stuff. Yeah. But um, that was a great tour. I loved it. And it uh, ended up that console. We we worked with IES, which was a sister company in London, and and Bill Hoff, one of their engineers. We put this all together with our speakers and stuff. And one of the speakers of the rear speaker and that console and an amp or two are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's cool. It was very, That's very cool. honorable and and extremely blessed that I, that that can happen because that's quite a place and and the third floor is is a technology floor and they have the Sun Studio that Elvis uh, a copy of that mm-hmm. but then they have the whole life of Les Paul and right next to it is the one room with uh, all the Hiles. Did you ever get get to meet Les Paul? I did. Yeah. Sarah and I really were honored. He came to. An AES show in New York, and he invited us to come to his sound check and come to the Iridium. And oh, we wow. got to be there for, oh, I don't know, six or eight hours. It was wonderful. And he used, at the end, he was using our microphones, and we were really thrilled. And what a guy. Yeah. What a guy. You know, people know the name, you know, Neumann and, and, and uh, Electro Voice and these other big, you know, even Blue. And why don't more people know about Heil? Because... 
I mean, these are the only mics we use in, well, in our studio, and people rave about our sound, have, and they don't know. When I started this whole thing, see, we build a lot of product each year for ham radio. We did. We started in 1980 for that. One of my best friends all these years has been Joe Walsh. Joe is an avid ham radio operator. You mean not Dolly Parton? There's a picture of yeah, you yeah, with Dolly, Dolly. Parton. <laughs> Oh. Is that you on the left there? That's Look at that. The, the young, young yeah. guy. And that's Ed Drone. Ed and I were the two that really started the whole sound thing in wow. about 67. Wow. I was at Keel Auditorium. Wow. That's pretty <laughs> cool. I got, uh, these are all on the, on the site. Here's yeah. that, here's that uh, wall of sound. Wow. Check yeah. that out. Yeah. Pretty amazing. <laughs> how, many, how many? It's all fiberglass. Uh, this is the Dead's uh, setup? No. That, we, well, not all of that. No. Uh, we had the A4s with them, which I, I, there's a picture of it on there somewhere. I'll, I'll keep going. 19 speakers. Uh, there you Jeff, are with uh, Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck. 1973. Yeah. And, That's uh, a great pic. That's a great yeah, picture. It, uh, it was a lovely time. Bobby Pridden of the Who. That was the original console. So this is the board. Is this now? This is the no, part. This, no, that was the first little boards we had and that first system that we took out with Who's Next. Wow. Look at the seating. It's metal chairs. <laughs> yeah. I mean. We've come a long way, baby. Do you hear concert sound? Look at this. There we now, go. That's the, that was Humble Pie in Creole Auditorium in St. Louis, and that was the Mavis console. That's when you met Peter Frampton, I guess. Mm. No, this no? was after Peter. Okay. But I met Frampton. Uh, there's there's Keith. I mean, Pete. I'm sorry, what, Pete Townsend. But notice the horn in the, on the left side. See that Can horn? Can you see the horn right there? That's yeah. his monitor, Leo. Yeah, he was deaf. Well, or if he wasn't, but then he, yeah, was, he right. was shortly thereafter. But I had to have these fabulous monitors for these guys. And it was really one of the things that Heil Sound brought to the industry was monitors. We, now that everybody wears those uh, ear, ear, yeah, earpieces. Exactly. But see, he didn't want all that, anything like that, because he did all the jumping around. And so right. we couldn't even have monitors on the stage. They had to be yeah, they, the Okay, side. that's interesting. And huh. so we could do it with horns. Wow. Oh, Holy great, moly. What a great guy. And there's the great talk box. Now, this is what, is this the one you made for? Yeah, well, uh, that, you see, that all goes back to 1939. Uh, I brought something for you, and I thought that everybody would get a kick out of this if they're watching. Back in 1939, there was a guitar player by the name of Alrino Ray. Oh, yeah. He married one of the King families. Mm -hmm. He also was W6 UK, by the way. <laughs> a ham. Yes. And he took. In 1939, a ham, he took this old throat microphone that you used to see on the old Oh, pilots. yeah. They'd press their throat yeah. and speak yes. into it. Because mm -hmm. it was so noisy in the cockpit, right. right? And it would vibrate those. Well, he did it backwards. He took his wife and put her behind a curtain, and he plugged his output of his guitar amp into the microphones. Uh. And they were carbon microphones. Uh. And it uh -huh. would cause his, her voice to uh, resonate with the guitar. And that was the first tailored, whatever you wanted to call it. And it stayed that way until 1950 when Pete Drake did an 8-inch speaker in a funnel. Pete Drake was a, uh, a steel guitar player from Nashville. When Pete, uh, Joe did Rocky Mountain Way, he rented that uh -huh. from Pete Drake. <laughs> he rented it. He rented it. Pete wouldn't sell it to you or nothing. He had one of them, and he rented it to you in the studio. And so that was the well, Rocky Mountain Way studio recording. We had done the James Gang with Joe and all that, and he was putting Barnstorm together. And he was at our home on Christmas Day. I'll never forget this. And he said, hey, how are we going to do this talk box thing? So his roadie by the name of Crinkle... Great guy from Detroit. <laughs> he was living in Marissa. They all had a lot of roadies moved to Marissa. No kidding. And Joe and I went out and we got a 250 watt JBL driver, built a low pass filter, high pass filter, whatever we needed to do. And we put all this, laid it out, piece of hose in the top of it. <laughs> that was the talk box, the, <laughs> the start of it. And then the picture you just saw right there, that was the production that we did for it. Wow. And I, and, Penny, uh, that was a Penny, song. Penny, Penny Frampton. For you, Penny for Your Thoughts. Right. It was a song Frampton wrote. Mm -hmm. She called me after they got married and said, um, I need a Christmas present for Peter. So I sent him a talk box. Nice. And that talk box that you hear right there was that talk box 
and he still has it. He doesn't use it because he, he carries it around with him. He got new ones, but he carries, <laughs> he, he carries it, it around. As his, it's his lucky charm. Well, it was. And there's a great video on our website about Peter and I sat down for about 15 minutes in Nashville last year. And if you're really into early rock and roll, sit down and listen to that. It's really a nice interview that Peter did. And uh, he has... It made his career. It did. It was his sound. And, uh, but you told me that really it was it was uh, Joe Walsh that was the Joe master. Joe Walsh was the first thing we he did. He was the master. For Rocky of Mountain this. Way. Right. But I have to tell you, Joe did a. They all do different things. Joe did a what I call a guttural sound. Right. Peter can actually make that thing. It talks. He says words. Yeah. I got a, I got a really cute thing. I should put it up on the website. Where we were at a rehearsal in Charlotte one time, and he, and he had a and he said, "Well, what can I do for you, mate?" And I said, "Let me talk." And he said something about, "How are you, Bob Heil?" And it's just so clear. How are you? <laughs> yeah, it was really cute. But well, he, I think a lot of people think it's a vocoder. No, when they hear, that. I did. I, I, hear, no I hear people say that a lot. Well, a vocoder does the same thing, but digitally. But this has more richness. This, well, it's funny. I mean, it couldn't be more simple. He's he's got a tube in his mouth coming from an amplifier that's playing the guitar music into his mouth into the and then he speaks into the microphone yeah. basically. Right? See, the, the guitar amp's turned off. Oh, there's no guitar it's amp. Only coming through that hose, so it's not very loud. Uh-huh. And so they he's using his his mouth and vocal yeah. characteristics of that cavity to shape mm-hmm. the sound. Adam Jones, great guitarist from the group Tool, yeah. big metal band. He has a song he did, and it's. Gorgeous! It sounds like a cello. So you see, everybody does things a little different. Like Try a little Slash different. uses one. Really? I'll talk. So they're about still it. used. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of artists. Alice in Chains. Jerry Cantrell's used. Here's so, a, a picture of the original music shop. No PPE. <laughs> ye old music shop music van. Yeah. You were kind of a hippie. That's a little Ken Kesey looking yeah, there. I have to tell you, and I will tell the world, I'm kind of proud of it. I've never. I've never drank beer. I've never smoked a cigarette. It's not funny. Uh, you're just you're straight just arrow, Bob. But yeah. you know what? You gotta you gotta be you gotta be straight while all these other guys. You well, gotta keep this stuff going, right? Pete always said it kind of cute. He said, "That's okay. Leave him alone. He's got a soldering iron. It makes it sound good, and <laughs> yeah. he can Don't drive with the him. truck." Yeah. yeah, and there's and there's Peter playing uh, that. Yeah, playing that. And Notice he has a Steve Marriott T-shirt on. Oh, that's Marriott that's was interesting. Humble Pie. Yeah. He and yeah. Steve started right. Humble Pie. Yeah. What an amazing Such sound. Such an artist, and he that. still yeah. plays so good. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. The last tour, they used a bunch of our microphones, and we were at a rehearsal several times at some of the shows. So I'm look- I love the pictures. These are all from HeilSound.com. <laughs> um, uh, these are all from, you know, various, uh, I guess just your photo album. What is this here? That's the system. That's it. Yep. That's the A fours. Those. Well, those were Olsen bins. I got those also from another theater. Oh, which one? But uh, <laughs> I love it. I, I, I love the. Uh, I love uh, it. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. The Granada. Those others we built. There's Sarah. There's Sarah. And uh, that's Adam Day, who is Slash's guitar tech for nineteen oh, there you years. Go. There you go. So there's Bob and Sarah, his wife. Yeah. And Adam Day. Yeah. That's great. There's so many. The images here. There's Adam signing uh, the that's, sign. That's that must our, have been at NAM, right? Yeah, that's our wall at NAM. Yeah. Yeah. He is the guitar tech just for a bunch of people. That's neat. And, uh, that's really neat. Yeah. It's fun to see these pictures, yeah, i got to say. A lot of history and yeah. all of that. Andy Ebert there. and we're, uh, we're, we're really happy to be able to keep it going, and here we are back doing it again. Uh, with the microphones, Joe always told me, he, he sat me down in his kitchen about six years ago, and he said, you got to do something for me. I says, what's that? He says, you got to build me a better microphone. <laughs> well, when I left in 1980, I slammed the door. I sold all my gear. Really? So you quit this business? Yeah, I, I, I just, boom, that was it. I was. What talk- was it? Was there something that happened? Or- yeah. Um, Can you talk about it, or is it? Yeah. Um, punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> I hate those punk sex pistols and... Well, they, the thing is that they weren't, they weren't at the, they, they weren't what I was doing for ten or fifteen years. You know, mm-hmm. they, it was different. They didn't care about the PA. I mean, to tell you, man, yeah, it was the opposite. Uh, Walsh, Frampton, uh, Pete, 
oh, everything was right on. I mean, it had to be there. And, and I lived that life. And then all of a sudden, nobody cared. Yeah. And then Wendy O. Williams came along. The plasmatics. And, um, she, uh, that was the last night we played. And she, you know, she drove a car on stage and blew it up. Mm-hmm. And she caught one of our speakers on oh. fire. And I'm going, wait a minute. I, I don't want to be a part of this. Because she was a porno queen turned right, rock right. singer. And I said, you know, I've got two young girls I'm bringing up. And I don't, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so I said, bye. And I was starting to play with my ham radio stuff. And I started building microphones for that and other things. And so that's how it evolved. It's amazing to me that the guy who figured out how to handle Pete Townsend's guitar smashing gets run out. Know. You know, you don't, you, everybody kind of lumps all that stuff together. Yeah. But there was a difference. Was a he may be smashing guitars, but he cared about the sound. Yeah, he did. And punk rock was a rebellion against that. It was a rebellion right. against all those standards. Well, we... Uh, would joe has been an avid ham radio operator very technical and called me and he said come here and i sat down in his kitchen in studio city and said you gotta build me a better microphone well i hadn't looked back i didn't know that the the big names we respected growing up hadn't really done anything new mm-hmm. so joe and i started playing and it's really kind of cool to have the Eagles as your beta tester. Yeah, right? <laughs> but no, it was Joe. It was So they the used them as stage mics, not just ham mics. He used it he uses it on stage for his solo stuff all the time. Yeah. He's he loves all this stuff. And anything I do, I pass by him and it's really great to have an artist like that that's real technical. Yeah. And Joe is. Pretty He's got experienced, hundreds yeah. of radios and stuff. And so that's how it got started. And we just keep going and and come up with some great ideas and i think the best thing we have done has been this rejection thing so let's talk about i mean we got you here yeah you designed the mics that we use we love them can we talk about mic design absolutely uh you said rejection mm-hmm. i don't think you mean like uh you're gonna break up with me what do you mean <laughs> rejection we're talking about when and this is something joe is really adamant about is you've got to get rid of these condensers Condensers are way too sensitive. They pick up everything in the room. Put them on a stage with 120 yep. dB come screaming out of 10 guitar amps. Are you kidding? So condensers are, uh, we, we, we still use them, but they're little bitty yeah, mics, right. and they need power to them. Because they actually have, some of them have tubes in them, so they have really built in them. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I really am opposed to that. How silly. But a lot of it's ego. Oh, I have this or that. Okay. Well, what we wanted to do was build a microphone that sounded like that. You can't take the sound of a condenser away. What is the sound of a condenser? Is it very detailed? It's got all that top end stuff. Yeah. You talk into a ball mic and it's mushy. Yeah. Condensers are that great high end. They're very crisp. Yeah. And so I wanted that sound and we started playing with some diaphragms that I had done for some ham radio projects. And by making them thinner and thicker to some point, thinner to others, and just tailoring that diaphragm, we were able to get the sound. And then going back to my ham radio days, if we had a picture of my 128-element antenna, that was really the big deal is I look at microphones like an antenna. They have frequency response. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. They have gain. I wrap my head around that. But when I point my antenna... To California, I don't want to hear New Jersey. Right. Rejection. Rejection. Reject signals that you don't want. How do you do that? Phasing. You take two microphones out of phase, you will hear nothing. If you put them in phase, you get 3 dB. Yeah. You get boost. Yes. Because if they're out of phase, they're canceling each other out. Exactly. And I'm going, wait a minute. And so Joe says, why don't you just do that? Well, all of these microphones have four little holes around them for the rear rejection. That's not enough. So we built this crazy looking thing like this. <laughs> top of one. That's and a PR forty. This 40. is the high sound PR forty. All of the screen part, you look at that and say, Well, I talking no. I had to put this little cartoon on the back. Not everybody can read, I guess. Talking the end of it only. <laughs> but what happens is the whole bottom of the element is open. Not just four little holes. And I get all of the rear and side coming in these panels, and they flow up what we call a collection tube into the bottom. Bingo. We get 40 dB a rear. And I can prove it. My mic is on. 
Watch what happens if I do this. You will hear nothing with me. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I, there's nothing. There's nothing. It's it really zeroed it out. Oh, I have a cordioid pattern. A cordioid's got a spike out the back. I don't want anything. They can't hear you explaining the cardioid. Pattern. <laughs> well, they don't know what he's saying. <laughs> a cordioid comes here. It's a heart shaped. That's yeah, why they call it. But cardioid. then it's got a spike out the back. So I there is some in a, in a cardioid mic. There's some audio. Dang right. Pick up here. And what I've never understood from the big boys is why do you have super cordioid? It's got a longer one. <laughs> I don't want anything. I want a great big wall right here. And that's exactly what all the Heil microphones do. Well, so there's two reasons that we use them. One is that you, this is not a studio. This is not soundproof. You can hear people talking and stuff. And, and so I knew I needed something that gave me a studio sound but mm-hmm. was not in a studio environment. Mm-hmm. But also it's very, as we all know, rich and deep. Exactly. And the, the high end is great, but you didn't lose any of the bottom. No. This microphone gets down to around 25 or eight, 28 cycles. That's where we roll it off. And uh, keep it all the way out. But another thing I learned from ham radio, and this was something Joe said, don't you forget your articulation. <laughs> and we learned that. From- I'm starting to really like Joe Walsh. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, right? Well, the thing is that with ham radio, you got a lot of noise and static and you got these signals and you're trying to pull people out of that noise. And if you go back, we were very fortunate that in my early days, I had a phone call. From a guy that said, Hi, all that you? Uh, yes, sir. Who's this? It's Clips over here. Uh, Cl- Clipsh? Paul Clips? Yeah. <laughs> you got a cornfield I can come and crash in? I said, Excuse me? You're like, We, oh, we grow it. soy around here. Yeah, but- he said, Dang it. You probably don't have no airport in that little town. I want to fly up and see you. You got you the guy that's got that 20,000 watt PA? I said, Yeah. He said, That's crazy, you know. I said, Yeah. He said, I want to see it. So he flew to Sparta. Eight miles uh-huh. away from Marissa. Right. I picked him up, and I brought him to our place. Oh, he flew to Sparta? Yeah. On what kind he, of plane? He had a little bonanza. Okay, so he just... And all day, Leo, it was such a remarkable thing to this little kid from Marissa. All day, he, he was tall and looking over my shoulder. Why are you doing... He didn't cut me down or nothing. He said, well, why are you doing that? Well, how come you did that? Well, what are you doing that? Then he put me in his plane and flew me back to Hope, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. With Ed and I. The next day was like a drunk meeting Jesus. <laughs> he showed me so much. He taught me so much. No, not in that one day, but he showed me where to go do it. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, my little inquisitive brain. And he said, one thing I'm going to leave with you, you go study 1933-1934 Bell Lab study of the human ear. Oh, Yeah. Of how we hear Fletcher Munson. Is that the Nyquist? Oh, it's the Munson stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. And for the next few years. Look at this. Bob's got a book. I didn't. Did you write a book? 1976. This is a book called The Practical Guide for Concert Sound. So volume two. Yeah. Well, I put a little bit in there about. Church sound and some some rear stuff. Uh, some is this still? Uh, can people get this oh, at yeah. the Heil Sound? Yeah, Heilsound dot com. Yeah, ten bucks from Heil Sound. So here's the Fletcher Munson curve that you were you were talking mm-hmm. about. I don't know if I'm going to hold up to the camera. See, the problem is that. that people don't pay attention to what happened in 1933. But mm-hmm. this is how the ear responds to various frequencies. Yeah, and notice it's very very different at low frequencies and at levels at the high level of about 120 dB. It's kind of flat yeah that's why people like loud music they can hear everything. they can hear it all but, but you look at how much it drops at the bottom yeah. level there that's why you have a loudness button on your radio yeah. but anyway that was what really turned me on to articulation in my ham radio microphones because between two and 4k that's where i really need to hear the difference between an s and an f uh-huh. and a p and a d and so we built that in our cam radio. Well, all of that goes into each of each of the high microphones, uh, whether it be the PR forty, the new little PR thirty one. I love this. You, we were the we were one of the first people to yes, have this little were. mic. I just love and this little mic. Dvorak stole it from me. By the yeah, way, yeah, remember that one that we <laughs> built. I saw that. I he has no appreciation it. for what he has. I'm we getting it back. We have a custom shop, and, and Jason builds all this stuff. This Look is at that. A, that's pretty. This that's was built great. for Carrie Underwood. We oh, yeah, matched all great. of her dresses on that last that's tour. So cool. We made, uh, I think we made Brian Brushwood carry the red mic. 
uh, yeah. into the field yeah. uh-huh. at South by Southwest. <laughs> but the, the situation is that, that that articulation is golden. You lay it on top of this wide frequency response and this 40 dB arrear, and it. I, I'm having guys toss out everything. I don't care what it is. And we're talking uh, Robert Scoville, yeah. great, great uh, FOH, uh, front of the house engineer for Tom Petty, mm-hmm. as well as his live producer uh, in recording. Um, he he did a thing this past year, and, and he published it in ProSound News, where he took Neumann and Talifunken and Tours Ashore and uh, all these different mics, and he did a shootout in the Heil PR-35-1, and that's what went on the tour with him, I think about eight of them. And we were just so honored because you don't you don't tell those kind of people what they're going to use. It's all what they hear. Mm-hmm. And the performance of the microphone is what does it. And come around to answer one other question, Leo. Yeah. We don't do much advertising. I wanted to make sure the product is right. And the product speaks for itself. Every day, my computer, I have two of them in here this morning. When I opened it up from two different groups, big time groups, wanting our microphones. They're coming to us because they've heard it from all these others where you got so many top-level artists, over 60 of them. That's your, your salesman is exactly. this. And so eventually it will get there. Sarah runs a great tight ship uh, at Heil Sound, and we're doing very well. The ham radio Sarah thing, right there, all of that. in the background. So we're running v- the ship. Running the ship, that's right. And so... Uh, we, we we let the product speak for itself, and I think that's the way to do it. Are uh, the amateur products the same as the uh, amateur radio products the same as the... Not at all. They're differently designed. Now, what's funny is that, in the, maybe not funny, but the situation is, in the last three or four years, a lot of hams are using PR40s and, and 30s. Yeah, and I thought stuff. that they were. I thought they were. Well, they're coming around to that because... Now they're looking for better audio, and they have better microphones. Right. So that all right. works. And, and you bring them along from, from the ham, exactly. and they start to see the other things right. you have. We're yeah. just getting ready to introduce five new products to the ham. This, nobody's even seen this one yet. This is going to go out uh, at Dayton in May, and uh, we're just starting to build it. It's called the HM12. Very unique microphone, but I've I've borrowed some of the PR40 and the PR20 aspects of the cartridge in that one and uh, it won't get down as low in frequency because we don't need it for ham radio but it gets uh, it's really nice let me ask you what do you are you going for flat sound no no you you have to take in consideration that fletcher munson curve you just uh, you don't want flat no, sound i have the ear isn't flat i have to laugh sometimes when i hear these guys say oh i have perfect pitch and i have absolutely flat hearing yeah. and so i want my response absolutely flat no you don't <laughs> Because if you did, you couldn't understand what was being said. But a lot of people don't realize everything we have, telephones, landlines, wireless, cell phones, car radios, scanners, anything is equalized. Mm-hmm. It has some form right. of equalization right. when it was manufactured. Right. And a lot of people, oh, it don't have based on throttle on maybe. But somewhere in there, it was designed to meet the Fletcher Munson loss of your ear. Uh-huh. So that's important. Even MP3s? Everything. Oh, absolutely, MP3s. Oh, or yeah. you don't like MP3s? Uh, well, I, I understand what you're saying, but yeah, yeah. they are. Uh-huh. They really would, or they, you wouldn't be able to, to hear what you do here. Mm-hmm. You make so many different microphones. The PR40 is what we use for voice, primarily because of its rejection and yes. its nice space response. Yeah. Um, but you make microphones for drums. You make microphones. I have the fin. Mm-hmm. You make decorative microphones. Yeah. He brought me a new glowing fin. I showed you that earlier. Yeah, yeah. We were playing I around. Plug with it in. Really. It's upstairs now, glowing. <laughs> ZZ Top uses that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's cool. You, you, but besides the PR40, you have a 30, you have a 20, uh, you mm-hmm. have a 22. 22. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do people uh, who are listening, how do they choose a microphone? Is it by price? Is it by... I hope it's not by price. Uh, the best way is on the website, but a lot of them call me. I answer my own phone do you? there. Our emails, I get hundreds a day. And I answer them. And, and, and I let them know. And I go in and... And let them have my response. And and you know I've been doing this a few years, and I can you know a little bit about it. I can well I, I don't 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 
you know, that's not an egotistical statement, but man, I've been around, I've been on a lot of big stages and I can, I can respond to you what this group is doing. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe that'll work for you. Pass it along. Yeah. yeah. There is a great microphone primer on the website. If you go to howsound.com and you can download a PDF, it all starts with the microphone. He gives that mm-hmm. away. You have exactly what we've been talking about, including uh, the Fletcher Munson curve. It's all on this website. So you can really... Uh, actually, learn all about it. There's a printed version as well. That's Thank actually that's one of the chapters out of the. Uh, that's the great to have. Guidebook, and with a little more. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, this has illustrations. Yeah, it's a little better. So people that. can download this yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, Michelle put it up there, and you can this is great. Bring it down. Mm-hmm. I should read this. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I just all I do is I just I just do whatever you say, Bob. One of the things that I want to. Tell, I just mentioned Michelle. Michelle does all of our graphics and stuff, and Greg does all of our artists and relations and so on. And But they just got our Facebook page going. Oh, where's that? Facebook and also Twitter. Oh, you and are you are in... They've, they've got a contest up there. It's Stephen, our director of operations, and, and Jerry back home, they did a thing where you can uh, get it all right. I, already, I, just li- I already liked you. <laughs> I did. I already liked you. See, I pressed the like button. Uh, if you go to Heil Sound. You mean on Facebook. On Facebook. Well, Chris. now you can enter our contest because they're giving away a microphone. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. The R22 on there. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Oops. You can do that. Somebody's chatting with me. <laughs> on Facebook? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tom Joyner's custom mic. Those are pretty. I love these custom ones. So you just you just add some paint. Well, that's that was a little different for them, and that's how... Uh, People ask me where I got this fine gold well, mic. There's only two of those on the planet. But Who else has one? Uh-oh. <laughs> I forget. Somebody. I think it's God. Somebody on the port. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Rush Limbaugh, maybe. Rush Limbaugh, yeah. Yeah. This is a beautiful mic. He, doesn't, he uses an RE20, I think, yeah. RE27. A lot of broadcasters think they're getting a great sound with those electro voice mics. Yeah, also yeah. large yeah. diaphragm condenser mics. Well, it's... It's it's a dy- dynamic, but it's not large diameter. It's not That's, as large as this. No. Now, we, yeah, and they look like this, but they're not yeah, doing right. the same rejection that you're talking about, no, are they? Not at all. Yeah, I don't want to do a big ad for Heil Sound. Yes, I do. And the other the other <laughs> thing See is that sticker there well, on every shot, baby. The, the other thing I'm a huge fan of. The, Bob. the other thing is kind of neat. Can you take that apart? The the PR40. Yeah. Would have been on the market two months earlier. Yeah. KMOX. I was at KMOX for 25 years on the air, you know. I didn't Heil. know that. What were you doing? High Tech Heil. With Jim White. You, you Jim used White. to listen to High Tech Heil? I did. <laughs> I didn't know it, but I did. <laughs> That's where he got all his chops, Bob. Yeah, I hear you. Well, the thing is that we did, I did television in St. Louis, too, for many years. Uh, but in 1977, one of my ham radio buddies was Jim White. And Jim was the nighttime dude at KMOX. Great. One of the great stations of all time. First time I was ever on the radio was calling into the Jim White show. You're kidding. Did he yeah. hang up on you? No, I, I, I answered that, a trivia he? question correctly. There's Bob and Jim. Uh, I was afraid he was going to hang yeah. up on me. KMOX, the Jim, voice of St. Louis. Jim's crazy. Yeah. Jim's crazy. We lost him a couple years ago. Yeah, but he was a ham. And I would talk to him on two meters going home at night. And so he said, hey, you ought to come in. Let's do a show. Okay. Well, we got bombarded. And this, the phones went off the hook. So then Mr. Highland, who was the manager of vice president of CBS, had me going to all these shows, CES and so on. And Leo, I'll never forget, I went to the show one year and I did a remote back to Jim. And I said, Jim, I was in my... I got this thing, man. It's a little round disc, and it's got music on it, and it's going to do away with our Norelco tape decks. It's called a CD. Yeah. Yep. And, and it, uh, it was one of those few things that came out of CES and yeah, worked. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got into, uh, we, in 1989, I was the satellite dealer of the year. I put in thousands of C-band satellites. No kidding. In 1980, I started building home theaters. I mean, with the seats and the whole deal. Theo Calamaracas style yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're not theater. talking the home theater in a box. No, you're no. talking like an actual home no, no. theater. We did it for theater. like uh, Ozzy Smith, a lot of the sports uh-huh. and so on. But I did a lot of home theater up until, uh, that's what really got me into Fairview Heights, up until about, oh, I'd say 2000 uh, when all the microphone stuff got really going. And when you could go to 
a big box store and buy a home theater in a box for $450. Sarah yeah. and I decided. Changed the business, didn't it? Uh, the business just got changed. Yeah. yeah, right. And I got out of it because our stuff was expensive. I mean, because right. it was big stuff, you know. Right. So we had a lot of fun doing all those things. And the satellite thing, who else could do it? I started doing that in 1978, a ham, finding something that was 22,000 miles away. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was it was just so much fun in those days. But There's Leon Russell with his Heil. Yeah. He it sings with a Heil. So cool. Carrie Underwood. Did 100 tours, uh, uh, shows with... Uh, Carrie, Cam Beachley, Randy Lane. Well, and it seems years. like concerts are, are picking back up. Are, yeah. Do you see that? I mean, but the, I think so. Because a lot of the, the business analysts are saying that's where the money is mm-hmm. now with the way things are, yeah. with yeah. people not buying CDs right. and all of that. Yeah, it, it's really quite refreshing to see that. So you're making more than mics. You do headphones. You do, uh, what else do you oh, do? Oh, we do all, like the little accessory thing, foot switches and all that, that kind of stuff for the control of things. The mic booms. We have. We several. love, by the way, I've, uh, I've used mic booms for years and they always get limp. And this is the first one I ever worked with. It just really holds its position forever. I you, just love it. You, by the way, are, are my child, you know. I am. I mean, when anybody talks to me about booms, I said, okay, go on. Twit.tv yeah. and watch Leo. He moves using. it up and down. About, I'm moving it all the time. About 30 times a second. I, I have a very bad <laughs> habit because what, what happens is I'm moving around, so I actually need right. to do this. It's probably right. not the ideal situation. No, but. no, that's what we build them for, and we're very <laughs> excited about that. And, uh, so we, I'm the poster child for bad mic <laughs> habits. <laughs> no, no. But no. I am a Heil Sheriff. Look yeah, at that. That's right. Yep. New Sheriff. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, it's so fun. I wish we had more time. Actually, you and I and Tom are going to have more fun because we're going to go out to dinner, but... Uh, I'm afraid we have to wrap our show up. I'm going to wrap it up with a uh, uh, appropriate song from Bob Heil at the uh, at the organ. It's called "We Just Couldn't Say Goodbye." <laughs> ah, yes, <laughs> perfectly done. Heilsound.com. Uh, Bob, uh, very kindly for since I discovered the Heil PR40 by winning it at the Podcast Expo, the best podcast, Twit 2005, I think, maybe 2006. Yeah. Um, I've been using nothing but. Uh, we bought a few, but you've been very generous and, gen- and donated quite a few to Twit, and I know we're going to build a whole new yeah. studio that's we're all high sound all the time. We're looking forward to the new studio. Sarah and I got to visit with Lisa yesterday. It's beautiful, isn't it's it? It's going to be something. I can't uh, wait, yeah. The, the, your fans are going to love what you're going to do there. and So, yeah, they can always contact us, Facebook and Twitter, and then, of course, HeilSound.com. My address is there, and my phone number's there. So we're always there to help people. That's the problem. The big boys forgot about that. What did the PR stand for? Well, we had our amateur radio stuff, uh-huh. and a lot of people were thinking, oh, well, this is just a ham radio stuff. So Sarah and I started a whole different division. It's a whole business-wise different yeah, division, right. different dealers, different everything. And I had to come up with a name, so it was pro, but I couldn't, I didn't, everybody uses pro. I PR. You're just short. So I, I just like did it. PR. Nice. We're all pro here. We're all pro. Bob Heil, thanks for joining us. This has been a real pleasure. Thank you, Leo. Great to Thank talk you, to you. Tom. And we thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time on Triangulation.